on this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, the Minnesota Vikings are on deck. Lots of great and exciting players to get through. You won't want to miss what I think about Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson's current ADP. And I'll discuss who I think has the best value on this team. So let's stop wasting time and open those books on these purple people eaters. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by Hoopball. Today is Wednesday, August 4th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And the rankings are heating up. Things are changing on the cheat sheets. Guys are moving up. Guys are falling down. And it makes sense. I mean, any report coming out of these camps and everyone loses their damn mind. People, relax. You're overreacting to literally everything right now. And I get it. Football hasn't been on for months, so anything that's happening right now is world-shattering. Any big catch is vaulting players up these rankings. Any slight injury is sinking a player's value into oblivion. Relax. It's absurd. It's important to stay true to your game plan. Don't go changing up everything now because of some camp buzz. It's a bad recipe for disaster. Listen to what your gut is telling you and trust the research you've done up until this point. If you liked Jonathan Taylor before camp started, stick with Jonathan Taylor. Don't let the Carson Wentz or Quentin Nelson news steer you down a dark path. Carson Wentz hasn't been a good quarterback since 2017. And Nelson, although great, A guard can be replaced much easier than a skill position. Don't go overreaching for CeeDee Lamb because he's making crazy catches all over Twitter and Instagram. Of course he's being targeted at a high clip right now. Amari Cooper, the team's number one wide receiver, is still dealing with an injury and hasn't suited up yet. Lamb might have a great season, but just be careful to not go changing the script too much. This is a hard time to stay focused with so much information coming at you a thousand miles an hour and all at once. So stay focused and stay true to your game plan, people. Don't go making chocolate chip cookies and leave the chips out because someone on Twitter told you not to eat chocolate. In fact, why don't you go and add some extra chocolate chips? Go on and do it. Eat all the chips you want, boy. So anyways, let's shift our focus to today's episode. And today we continue knocking down the door of the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. Purple People Eaters. As always, for years now, they have been a great organization with a great front office and had a fantastic under-the-radar type of offseason, but most of that came on the defensive side of the ball. So we should see a much better and improved defense than what we got last year, and a good defense means the offense can control the speed and tempo of the game, which should be good news for our fantasy teams. So let's start with what this team does best, and that's running the football. The most exciting player on the team, and one of the most exciting players in the league, the captain, Captain Cook. And as long as Mike Zimmer and Akubiak are calling the shots, Dalvin Cook or any starting running back for the Minnesota Vikings will never be a bad option in fantasy football. 
Since Gary Kubiak has came onto the scene two years ago with the Vikings as the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, Cook has really ascended to one of the best backs in the game. Zimmer has always operated under the philosophy of running the hell out of the football while playing tough defense, so the marriage with Kubiak was just too perfect, and boy has it worked. Kubiak happened to be a four-time Super Bowl winning coach and has a knack for squeezing all the juice out of his running backs, from guys as big as Terrell Davis to as small as Steve Slayton and Justin Forsett have all had career seasons within the confines of Kubiak's offense. Guys like Clinton Portis went for over 1,900 yards and 14 touchdowns. Like I mentioned, Steve Slayton over 1,600 yards and 10 touchdowns. Arian Foster over three seasons averaged over 1,900 rushing yards and 15 and a half touchdowns. Justin Forsett, 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. And then the Super Bowl champion, 2015 Broncos, the split between Ronnie Hillman and C.J. Anderson combined for over 1,800 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. So it wasn't a surprise to see what a talented back like Dalvin Cook has done with Kubiak calling the shots. Cook had a career season last year when he accumulated over 1,900 all-purpose yards and 17 touchdowns. But like I always say, with pinnacle years, there's only room to come down, and I'm a little nervous. With Kubiak officially retiring, his son Clint Kubiak will slide in as the new offensive coordinator. So I think we avoided a major coaching change, and I think it's safe to say that things will still operate under the same guys. I like Dalvin Cook a lot, and I have him ranked inside my top five running backs this season because how can you not? You have to be silly to pass on him because we know what he's capable of. And he's a true bell cow, a true workhorse. And that's exactly the kind of guy we need if you're following my robust running back draft strategy. But I'm not expecting him to duplicate what he did just a season ago, and neither should you. So be cautious if you're picking high in the draft. There are still some red flags to be wary of. He still has yet to complete a full season and was relatively healthy last year. So I'm definitely concerned that he may go down with a more serious injury. I know that doesn't seem fair and we shouldn't be scared to make picks in fear of injury. But my man doesn't have a good track record. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Saquon and Derrick Henry all before I consider taking Cook. So with his current ADP as the second player coming off the board, I find him slightly overvalued if you even want to call it that. You'll most likely need a top three pick to land Cook, and even with the red flags, you can't really be mad at yourself for drafting him because with that type of volume, any way you look at it, he's a great pick. Just cross your fingers, hold your breath, and hope the captain can get you to shore. And then there's the other guy. The Boise State Bucking Bronco, if you're looking for a true handcuff, look no further than Alexander Madison because his value is purely based on the health of Dalvin Cook or the status of the game. And what I mean by that is if they're getting destroyed, if they're down big in the game, they won't put their star running back in danger of getting hurt for no reason. But when given the chance, Madison has produced. In two games where Madison received at least 20 touchdowns, he was able to muster 112 and 95 rushing yards. But again, I think it's more the Kubiak zone running system more than anything, but you can see a talent like Cook can really take it to the next level. So if you're going to take Cook at the top of your draft, I recommend making an effort to get Madison if you can, simply because of Cook's history. 
This is a very rare moment where I'll recommend doing this. I don't ever draft handcuffs because I'm always drafting for potential over a safety net. Handcuffs are typically for owners that don't really know what they're doing this late in the draft. If you've done your research, you'll know the hidden talent and the players that are worth taking a shot on rather than taking someone for an emergency situation. You're wasting a roster spot on an if player. If player X gets hurt, now my guy is valuable over a player that can possibly hit you a grand slam. So as a mid 12th round pick, the asking price is just too high for an emergency use player only. That's going to make him a full pass for me unless your house foundation is built on Dalvin Cook. Only then is it a smart insurance policy and I highly recommend doing. But enough about him, let's get back to the more exciting players. Another very exciting player that burst onto the scene as a rookie, the guy I'm talking about is Justin Jefferson, or JJ. My prized possession last season. Just another example of why we can wait on wide receivers and not so much the workhorse running backs in our drafts. Last year, Justin Jefferson was going in the 7th and 8th rounds in redrafts and finished as the wide receiver 6 overall. He was one of my biggest sleepers. And if you listened to my Jets episode, you'll know who that guy is this year. Jefferson finished with over 1,400 receiving yards and 7 touchdowns and helped me win a championship in my redraft league. But... Like I said, he was a 7th or 8th round pick. His current ADP is an early 3rd round pick now. So I hate to say it, but there's no more value. His competition on the other side, Adam Thielen, who I'll get to in a minute, got 400 less yards but doubled his touchdown production with 14. 14 touchdowns. And he's going 2 rounds later. Listen, I love Jefferson. Again, he helped me win that championship, but his ADP is too high. I can't call it a career high slash pinnacle year because he's so young, but I am always wary of instant success from young players. They tend to go into the offseason and think they've got it all figured out. Oh, wow. That was the NFL? That wasn't too hard. Maybe they're not as focused. Maybe they don't train as hard. Maybe they don't study as hard because it was easy for them. Just chill out. Cut loose, baby. I'm not saying he won't have another good season. But now you're asking me to take him as a third round pick. It's risky. Other guys available in the third round that have been in the league longer and have shown more consistency. Darren Waller, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Mike Evans. Are you really going to take Justin Jefferson over any of those guys because he had one good season as a rookie? Seems a little crazy, right? You can wait on these guys. It literally happens every year. There's a Justin Jefferson every year. Remember, we're not looking to gamble this early in the draft. In rounds one through five, we need the closest thing to locks as possible. And with Minnesota being a run first team and Adam Thielen on the other side, Jefferson is far from a lock. I think he'll have a good season and an incredible career in the NFL. But for the 2021 year, At his current ADP as that early third round pick, it's a hard pass for me. But I got a feeling. Adam Thielen finished as the wide receiver eight. And again, he's going two and a half rounds later than the star that everybody's obsessed with, Justin Jefferson, who finished as the wide receiver six. Like I've stated before on other episodes, it's never a good idea to assume the same old, 
same old will happen year in and year out. But Thielen and Kirk Cousins now have solid chemistry for three seasons, and it's not like his production will just suddenly fall off the map. The exciting new star, Justin Jefferson, is severely suppressing Thielen's stock as evident with his current ADP as that mid-fifth round pick. Though we'll most likely see a touchdown regression, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down physically. And if he stays healthy, you can confidently lock him in for at least 1,100 receiving yards and eight touchdowns as his floor. So based on where he's going, we're looking at him to be our wide receiver too, and I find him to have incredible value. Now, I'm usually starting to look for my quarterback in this round, but if you're someone that typically waits on a quarterback, which isn't a bad strategy, grabbing Thielen as your wide receiver two or possibly your wide receiver three is a great grab. Thielen over Jefferson is a more known commodity, and in these early rounds, that's exactly what we want. Now, there are some other wide receivers on this team, but we can fully ignore them. Chad Beebe is going undrafted, and then D.D. Westbrook, definitely an interesting guy to maybe keep your eye on and star put him in our watch list because he has that speed. But there is one other popular player on this team that will be receiving balls from Kirk Cousins. He's considered one of the biggest sleepers among the fantasy community, and I'm here to pour cold water on the fire. And the guy I'm talking about is the tight end Irv Smith. And I was once in the Irv Smith camp, but I've slowly drifted away, and now I'm too far gone. And I know Kyle Rudolph is out of the picture, but all you need to do is look at how the Vikings have used their tight ends over the past. How many years have we heard Kyle Rudolph is on the verge of a breakout season? Well, guess what? It never happened. Kyle Rudolph has only averaged 528 yards and under six touchdowns in seasons where he started at least 12 games. And Kyle Rudolph has just been a meh player. Meh at your tight end position. Not bad, but not great. So it's not that Irv is necessarily a bad pick, but people just need to pump the brakes when talking about this guy as the next big thing. If we're waiting on tight end because we missed out on Darren Waller or someone like a TJ Hawkinson or a Kyle Pitts, then I'm looking to grab Mike Gusecki or Adam Troutman later on in this draft over somebody like Irv Smith. Irv's NFL metrics comp out to Eric Ebron, and I think that's fair. Just don't go out of your way to grab this tight end. An important thing to remember is that this is a run-heavy offense, and Irv Smith is going to be the fourth option on the team, behind Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. All I'm saying is that there should be better options at the tight end position than Irv Smith. So now let's shift our focus over to the guy that's going to be getting the ball out to all these guys I just talked about. And that person is still Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk. He finished as the quarterback 11, just behind Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert, throwing for over 4,200 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions, but hasn't been a consistent fantasy quarterback. The problem again, and I'll keep saying it, this is a run-first team, and Dalvin Cook is the real captain. Kirk reminds me a lot of another quarterback we already discussed on this pod. He reminds me a lot of Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders, except Kirk has way better options and weapons to get the ball out to. He has better receivers, and the Raiders are also a run-first team, except the Vikings execute at a much higher success rate. 
like Carr. He's a safe quarterback to own for those of you that like to wait and load up on skill position players, which I'll never knock anyone for doing. But he's been in the league for nine seasons. He is what he is, and we know what to expect. He's not going to magically boom and go off, giving your team this extra push to get you over the hump. And you should never be drafting him with that expectation. Not in this style of offense. But if you wait and you're looking for a safe quarterback as your quarterback one, Kirk is your guy, at least to start the season. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you find yourself in this situation, and sometimes it happens... It happened to me one season, and I didn't end up getting my quarterback until round 14 or something like that. But if this happens to you, and you end up with Cousins in round 12, it would be in your best interest to then grab a quarterback shortly after with high upside to be your QB2 slash backup. Someone like Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, or maybe even Tua. I'm not high on Tua, but you never know. You want to give your team a shot or or an out. If you wait it and land it Kirk, you start him for the first few weeks as he provides stability and see if one of these guys blossoms into a star. Because if they do, you're set. You're set. You loaded up on your skill positions and now you possibly have a star quarterback. So not a bad option, but just make sure you have a plan if this ends up being your situation. All right, that's our show for today. I hope everyone enjoyed the show and took something of value, whether it was overall draft strategy or maybe a light bulb went off somewhere when discussing these Viking players. Tomorrow, we may have a special episode on deck, something a little different, or we may continue just going through the NFC North with the Bears or the Packers. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. But regardless, should be a good show. And don't forget to tune in tomorrow for another great episode of Fantasy NFL Today. And we'll see you then.